welcome to the ministries of the Bohomi Baptist Church, where we worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, fair before Him in all the earth. And the pastor is Reverend Nelson. Be blessed by the sermon that you're about to hear. again friends welcome to another broadcast of the program making a difference i am so glad that you're with us again this morning thank god for his mercy thank god for his grace he has again spared our lives to see another day and uh, we're here and just grateful to be alive to be on the land of the living amen having another opportunity to make our wrongs right and our crooked path straight amen have another opportunity to walk in the righteousness of god and so i welcome you thank god for you as you begin your day this morning taking the time out to join us for the word and so we're just going to go to the word amen it's what the lord would have to say to us this morning we are still in the third chapter of colossians and we have been looking at some things there that I would like us to uh, continue on this morning. And I would like to read from that passage of Scripture a few verses. And i just like you to follow along with me as I read this morning. Hallelujah. But once again, before we read the word, let us pray. Glory to God. Our Father, we give you thanks. We give you praise. We honor you. We magnify you. Your God, and there is none beside you. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, for allowing us to see this another day. Thank you for your kindness, your mercy, and your love. And, O oh God and Father, as we open your word this morning, I pray that you would use your word to speak to our hearts. Please give us receptive hearts that we would receive, but not only receive, Lord, but we would be obedient to your word, and we would do what you've commanded us to do. Glorify yourself. Take control as we commit this session to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah, amen. Colossians chapter 3, reading from verse 10. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge after him that created him where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarians, Scythians, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, Humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. And above all these things put on charity, 
which is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your heart, to the which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So last week, we were looking at the things that we need to put off as a new person, newborn, or as a believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. These are things that we should put off. And we said it's in the form of a garment, that there were some things that belong to our old life that creeps upon us ever so often, and that we are constantly have to put them off, throw them off, because they do not belong to our new life in Christ. So we have to rid ourselves of that garment. And now that we have put on the new man, the new man is a regenerated or renewed man born again, amen, and has become spiritually minded. The new man is a new man created by Christ. Yes, he's given us a nature that is incorruptible, that is uh, undefiled. He has given us the very, very nature of God. So as a result of this nature, we are now in fellowship with God. We can be obedient to God's will and we can devote our lives to the service of God. Jesus the Christ makes a new man entirely, a creation unlike any other creation in existence. The Gentile believer is not made a Jew. Neither is the Jewish believer made into a Gentile. No, through the Lord Jesus Christ, he makes a new person, a new man in God. And so every person can begin life all over again. And I say this, that it doesn't matter who you are and where you are, uh, what your situation in life may be, where you're coming from, I mean, where you have been, you can begin life all over again. God, through Christ, gives mankind a second chance. Hallelujah. And you can experience newness of life. In the Lord Jesus Christ, every person can have a new beginning, a new life by coming to Jesus Christ. Every person. God said that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. And so every person. Yes. And how is this possible? You might ask by the power of God. It's all of God. When a person believes in God's Son, who's the Lord Jesus Christ, and they truly believe and entrust their lives into the hands of Christ, God creates a spirit of the person in righteousness and true holiness. God's Holy Spirit comes in 
and takes control of the human spirit of that individual and makes a new person. Hence, there is that born-again experience. God takes the faith of the person and credits it as the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So God actually credits the person's faith as the perfect righteousness and holiness of Jesus Christ. And as a result, that person can stand before God in the righteousness, in the holiness of Christ. But this is not all that God has done for us, friends. He does more marvelous things for the believer, all having to do with creating the believer into a new person. God quickens the spirit of the believer and makes it alive, makes that spirit alive. Yes. Have you ever considered, as a believer, the things that you used to do before you came to know the Lord, how natural, how normal they used to be, even though they were wrong? You did them without any sense of guilt, any sense of apprehension. But now, you step out of line and uh, your conscience, your, I mean, your entire being, everything about you is troubled. Yes, because back then you were dead in sin and dead man does not feel anything. It was just natural. But now that you are alive in Christ and you are delivered from the dead works whenever you get involved in them as a child of God. There is that conviction. You know that you don't belong there. You know that that is not something that you should be doing. Hallelujah. Because you are a new person in Christ. Yes. So God caused the believer to be born again spiritually. God actually placed his divine nature in the heart of the believer. He creates the believer into a new person. Yes, renewed by the Spirit of God. That's, that's, that's what takes place when we surrender our lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. God takes our sins and he placed it on Christ. And he takes Christ's righteousness and he places it on us. So we are clothed in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we are to live out on a daily basis, my friends, my brothers and sisters. That's what we are to live out on a daily basis. And whenever we allow ourselves to go back to the old things that belong to the old life, there is a need for us to repent. There is a need for us to change our mind and then change our action and then get right back in line with the Lord Jesus Christ. So the Bible tells us here, that we are all one body in Christ. Christ had made it possible for us to be adopted as children, sons and daughters of God. Can you imagine? 
We belong to the same family, the same God. And really it does not matter what label we wear, what label we carry while we are here in this life. If we are born again, and I'm saying again, if we are born again through faith in Jesus Christ, we are one family. We are one body in Christ Jesus, despite the labels. The key to it is if we are born again. Uh, so there is no place then, friends, in our lives for these things that the Bible lists there, things like that we looked at last week, like anger, wrath, malice, lying, uh, uh, blasphemy, insults, hurtful talk, filthy talk. There is no place for that or for those things in our lives. The Bible says that we are neither Jew nor Greek. Yes, we are neither barbarians nor Scythians. We are neither bond nor free. And he deals with the different classes here, the different social groups. So we being many, the Bible says, we are all one body in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Galatian goes a little further on this particular a thought and he said there is neither Jew nor Greek there is neither bond nor free there is neither male nor female but you are all one in Christ now this is one of those passages that uh, is misused ever so often and that we need to be extremely careful with because people use this to say the Bible said there is neither male nor female. And they just take this as it is out of its context. But when it comes to understanding and interpreting scripture, context is, is very, very important. So we have to understand what the writer was dealing with when he made this statement. This is not an isolated statement. If we take it out of context, it becomes a pretext. So we have to keep it in its context. There will always be male and there will always be female. It is only after the resurrection, Jesus says, there will be neither male nor female. But as long as we are in this life, God's creative order remains. There are males and there are females. I hear somebody saying, Amen. There are males and there are females. But when we rise in the resurrection, you know, this uh, Sadducee came and tricked, attempting to trick Jesus with his trick question to ask, well, tell the story about this lady who married to seven brothers. And according to the Mosaic law, the second brother was to bring up children for the first and all of that. And then he said to Jesus, this woman ended up marrying all seven brothers and none of them had any children with her. Now in the resurrection, whose wife is she going to be? And this seemed to be a question that the Sadducees threw on the Pharisees time and time again. And the Pharisees could not have answered. 
It was like their uh, trump card that they have on the Pharisees. They couldn't answer. But Jesus said, you don't understand the kingdom of God. You don't understand the power of God. For in the resurrection, neither we will not marry nor giving in marriage. But we all will be like the angels of God. But until then, friends, until the resurrection, there are and will be male and female. Uh, so the apostle here in our text, you go back to the passage that we are dealing with, continues with the metaphor from verse 12 on, and he expands upon the things Christians are to put on. Earlier from verse 8, he dealt with the things that we are to put off, and we spent last week examining those. Here he is giving us a list of the things that we are to put on. And these things that are listed here in this passage that we just read they they constitute the Christian apparel because the Christian apparel or the Christian dress code is not external. The Christian dress code is internal. Allah. There is no particular clothing that one can wear to suggest that that person is a Christian. Now, I know we get hung up on that from time to time, but there, is, there isn't. What the Bible says about our dress, our dress code physically now, is that as Christians, our dress should be modest. And modesty there really means that it covers what needs to be covered. That's, that's modesty. And cover it appropriately where it is not that revealing but that it covers, that's magic. Uh, that's, um, uh, you know, uh, what we're talking about here. That's the Christian apparel. That's modesty. So it's not a particular uh, form of clothing. Let's get to the point we are dealing with here. The Christian apparel. That as disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, we are to adorn ourselves and we are to do so properly. We are to adorn ourselves properly with the character of Christ. For why? We are holy and beloved. We are the elect of God. We are the people whom God has chosen to be his holy and beloved people. We are holy in that we are separate from things that are unholy and we are dedicated to God who is holy. So we are called upon as believers on a daily basis to separate ourselves, to separate ourselves from the things that are unholy and to dedicate ourselves to God who is holy. This is our duty on a daily basis. So we always have to be separating ourselves because as we go through life, friends, there are some things that 
you know, attach themselves onto us that are not supposed to be there. And we have to constantly throw them off because we are influenced by so many, so many things in our world today. And so many of them have the tendency to attach themselves to us. And we start thinking a certain way. And as a result, we start behaving or acting a certain way. And we have to realize that if they do not belong to this new life in Christ, then we are to get rid of them. So we are to constantly rid ourselves of these things because we are God's holy and beloved. We have been elected as God's holy and God's beloved people. We are called to turn away from the old life that showed hatred toward God, the old life that rejected, the old life that rebelled, ignored, and uh, denied God, and in many cases, even cursing God. God has called us believers to be the beloved of God, the persons who have received his love in Christ Jesus and who allow him to shower his love upon them. The point is this, the elect of God, holy and beloved, are those who have really believed and trusted Jesus Christ as their Savior and Lord. It is these persons that now have a new life in Christ, and therefore this passage that we are looking at, this passage that we are examining speaks to believers, speaks primarily to believers because it was written to believers and so it speaks primarily to believers. Now, of course, we know the word of God that it has promises that, you know, stretched out and whoever believes and obey can inherit whatever promise that the word of God offers. Amen. It is for whosoever because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. So we are saying here, brothers and sisters, we are examining here that there from the old life, there are some things that uh, we left. And in many cases, we go back to them, they revisit us one way or the other. And the Bible is saying that these are not things that are to be present. These are not things that are to be evident in our life. This is a picture of us putting on the proper clothes or the proper clothing. This is a picture of, of us clothing ourselves in the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. So here the scripture list roughly about eight things that we need to put on. And uh, two of them, the first two describe how we are to treat others. Then two describe what our state of mind should be. Three relate to how we are to react when we are mistreated. And then, of course, there is love that uh, 
you know, the Bible says is the bond of perfectness. So first of all, the Bible says that we are holy and beloved of God. We are to put on bowel of mercy. So as believers, we are to put on the garment of mercy. And this really speaks of compassion. This really speaks of pity. It speaks of tender heartedness that God has had so much mercy on us. And the one thing that we should do is show mercy to others. God has shown us so much mercy, my friends, my brothers and my sisters. And we are required, we are mandated to show the same mercy to others. Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. We have experienced the mercies of God. God has not given us what we deserve. All of us were destined for hell, but God had mercy on us. He did not give us what we deserve. And as recipients of God's mercy, it is our duty, it is our responsibility to extend mercy to others. How, how merciful are you? How merciful are we as believers? How merciful are we? How well do we show mercy? How well do we show compassion? Are we tender-hearted toward others? Or are we just rough and just militant, uh, militant Christians? Are we tender-hearted? Are we kind? The Bible says that we are to be merciful. We are to put on the bowels of mercy. And we'll talk a little more about that when we get together again because time is upon us. But thank you again, friends, for joining us for this broadcast this morning. And I pray, God, that the word of God find its full course in and through you, that it would have its way in your life. And if you have not yet trusted the Lord, you're listening to us, friends. Oh, I encourage you. Oh, I encourage you. Give Jesus a chance. You don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Step in. Give the Lord a chance in your life. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And if you would just bow your heart and pray that simple prayer, invite Christ in that he would save you and he would transform your life. You would be amazed when you look back and see what the Lord has done for you. And brethren, let us exemplify these qualities. Those of us who know the Lord, let us be merciful. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We praise, honor, and adore you. Thank you for your word. Continue to move in our midst. Heal, save, deliver, bless as only you can. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a wonderful day, my friends. God bless you. Well, we just want to thank you for listening to today's sermon here at the Bavoni Baptist Church, where sharing Christ is every Christian's business. So as we depart, go and serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.